0: Welcome to the Blonde and Strong podcast. My name is Shar and I'm the host. This is a podcast of strength and empowerment with each episode dedicated to helping our listeners improve their health, well-being, to learn, grow, and unlock their strength from the inside out. I felt called to do the podcast to give a platform for inspirational guests to share their knowledge, experience, strength, and hope to empower others to prove it's possible not only to survive, but to thrive. So now it's my turn. If even one person finds strength and hope as a result of this podcast, then it will all be worth it. Our growth is our own responsibility and no one can do the work for us, but I truly believe we're stronger together. And this is done through open, honest, unfiltered conversations. This is a safe space for people to be raw and powerful through their vulnerability without shimmer judgment. So no topic is off limits as long as it has the intention of empowering our listeners. So I just want to welcome you all and thank you for taking the time to listen. Now, today's guest on episode four of the Blonde and Strong podcast is my friend, John Beamson. Welcome. Welcome.
1: Hello, Matt. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on today. I'm worried (laughs) we're going to end up getting thrown in prison after what gets said on here, but you know, it should all be good. (laughs) Um, So John is uh, an ex-Army veteran who served in two tours of Afghanistan, Iraq, Belize, Mexico, and a whole, whole host of other incredible and scary places, now turned mountaineer and leader. Uh, he runs Robust Tours, an epic mountain adventure company whose ethos is really helping people become stronger versions of themselves by challenging them to achieve something that they didn't even know that they were capable of doing. Um, you should check them out if you're wanting to push yourself further and figure out what you're really made of.
1: Wow, that's the greatest intro ever. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I'm, fa- I'm fired up. I'm going to get my boots on. I'm going to go out now and run 100 miles.
0: So I've decided yeah. <laughs> that my um, special talent and gift is introducing my guests and then they feel like they can't live up to the hype. And
1: then- <laughs> <laughs> no, I can, I can live up to the hype. Like, like Ron Burgundy says, I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. That's why you're on my podcast.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: So exactly. the reason I got you on today, well, one of the reasons I got you on today was that you have just completed the ultimate twenty four hour one hundred thousand step challenge which you absolutely smashed, coming in at over one hundred and twenty thousand steps <laughs> in yeah. twenty four hours so can you tell us a little bit about that please
1: so um Where did it, where did it start? So I'd seen a lot of people over lockdown, you know, climbing the stairs a thousand times and and running around the garden. And then we had the super impressive um, Captain Tom doing what he was doing. And um,
0: yeah, just,
1: just pushing, just pushing the boundaries. And then sort of, I thought I would like to do something. And with all this time, it gives me a real chance to, to, to sort of do something. Otherwise I would never have the time to do. Um, and I said to my business partner, Tom Cockrell, Tom, I've got an idea. And he was like, Oh, here we go. Um, cause he sort of knew like, that's how role. roll. Um, and I was like, I've done in, I've done in a 24 hour period, 103,000 steps. I was like, but that's with six hours sleep. So if we remove the sleep element and you drop me off at one minute past midnight, um, and I just hike constantly for 24 hours, I wonder how many I can get. In, in a 24 hour period. So that's that's where it sort of come from. And then it just was down to planning and logistics um and the rest. And just you know taking left foot in front of right foot. And I'd I'd say have I been fitter? Yes I certainly have but have I been more driven? No. Um and it was more about this will get ugly. I just don't know when but when it gets ugly I need to go full Goggins and get even more ugly with it and just keep on going. (laughs) I love that
0: full Goggins. Yeah. I'm going to use that.
1: Go full Goggins. Go in the cookie jar. We just had a conversation yesterday about the cookie jar. Um, He talks about having things in in your cookie jar that where when it gets hard, it's time to reach inside the cookie jar and say, well, I did that and and I moved on from that. So let's carry on with this. And it's adding The 24-hour challenge is something else I can now put in the cookie jar. So the next time I do something crazy, I'm like, well, I got that in the locker and I got this in the locker. I got a fairly strong locker. So, you know, keep keep on going.
0: So the cookies are, in effect, your achievements, right? Yeah. So you have this giant jar of (laughs) achievement cookies that you get to get out and take a bite of as energy and fuel and motivation to keep pushing and driving forward, right? So whereabouts within that 24 hour period. So first of all, where did the walk actually take place and what area did it cover? So And then um, where within that, did it really start getting sticky and disgusting <laughs> where you had to reach into that cookie jar and have a snack?
1: So, um, I live in the Northeast. Um, and I'm very lucky that I've got a long distance sort of trail near me called the Teasdale, uh, the Teesdale way. So I followed it to its end, which is up on the River Tees, out into the North Sea, uh, to a seaside town called Redcar. Um, so it started in Redcar, um, and then I followed it through industrial sort of heartland of Teesside, um, and and that was our real estate. Now, it, it, is it really a good idea to be roaming through industrial land at like one, two, I'm... three o'clock in the morning? Um, I was
0: literally about to say, <laughs> um, it sounds dangerous. Yeah, like, I think it, I'd rather be in the mountains. But. Yeah, it
1: was. It was a bit. It was a little bit sort of like, yeah. I've been better places at this time in <laughs> the morning hiking around. Um, so <laughs> about about three hours in, um, I come across um, Middlesbrough football ground because the the route goes past the football ground. Mm-hmm. So. As I was hiking through, bearing in mind that I've seen nobody, nobody, and, and I'm and I'm hoping deep down inside that I don't see anyone. Um, so as I'm coming past the football ground, I see two young gentlemen, um, and I thought that's bizarre. I wonder if they're on a hundred thousand step challenge. Um,
0: yeah, because everybody does that. Yeah,
1: well, well, uh, they warned. Uh, and I crossed. They were on my side of the road, and I crossed the road. And then, as I crossed, they crossed, and I was like, "Oh, okay, All right. oh, okay."
0: You're it's trying to wa- like be social distancing and be safe. And I was,
1: yeah, I was trying to avoid um, a situation of passing two <laughs> two um, male age fighting ages. Um, and I've got this thing of, um, and I've always been taught this if it's going to go off, always be the aggressor. So always, you know, the whole lion in the jungle, like always go first. And so as I crossed and I saw they crossed, I thought be, be the aggressor. So I was like, hello, lads, how you doing out out on a stroll. So what I've done there is I've reversed the psychology of the situation and said, you're entering my world now. You ain't coming for me. I've let you know that I've seen you and I'm aware that you're there so now there as well. Now they're on the back foot, and they were like, "Oh, there were." Have you heard the word chavers, the the affectionate term for rogues? No. Yeah, no. Okay. Well, in, I've heard the, the
0: word chavs. Yeah, never, chavs.
1: Yeah. Yeah, chavs, chavers. There's there's a, there's a lot of different words. So, <laughs> they were chavers, and they're out. They're out on the twok. Twock is a northern word for rob, steal, break in, whatever. And he said to me, have you got a light? And I said, no, I don't smoke. It's bad for your health. Um, just trying to add a little bit of sort of like more yeah, You know, he's, he's in his peacock feathers because he wants to try and show me that he's the kitty. But he's forgot one thing, that I am the kitty. So I flare my peacock feathers, which are bigger than his. And now we've got this weird situation where I'm... Looking at my Fitbit, thinking I can't really slow down. This, these two lads are approaching me, and they said, "Where you're off to?" And I said, "I'm off to Barney Castle for an eye test," which it was funny because of obviously the whole <laughs> Dominic Cummins thing and sort of just trying again add a little bit of bravado. And he said, "We're going on the Rob. Do you want to come?" And I said. <laughs>
0: I love that they thought they'd found a kindred spirit yeah. that would really just want it and I love that they just extended yeah. like that was a um it was like an extension of love, right? That's yeah. really cute.
1: Because I had a I had a cap on and I had my face covered and I had Oh you
0: looked like a oh, I come look, on, man. I, Yeah, I
1: looked wow. like a wrong one as well. You
0: looked like a child.
1: Yeah, so You're and right. I had a rucksack on, so it looked like I'd been on the wrong. <laughs>
0: obviously out robbing <laughs> they were like this guy's our competition let's just get him in on what we're doing and we can hit more places yeah together
1: and, and and I said to him look lads um, thanks very much for the offer but I'd be careful who you tell that information to Um, have a great night and I'll see you next week Uh and I sort of powered past them and I was like and I sort of was looking over my shoulder and I was thinking hopefully that's done it like hopefully I've like Showed that I'm not a timid wildflower, that I'm not going to just be rolled on. So I carried on and I picked up the pace, and I was like, there yeah, I need to break, I need to break some distance between these me and these guys." So as I broke a, a bit of distance, um, I started laughing because I was like, "What is just?" <laughs> just mental please
0: please. tell me they stole a bike and came
1: and caught up with you no unfortunately i've not received any facebook friends requests or or they haven't followed me on instagram but um i I sort of put it behind me and like laughed and had a chuckle and then sort of carried on, on on the journey now um roughly half five was at my first rest point luckily i've got a great team um and I had uh, Tom and Hayley who, who supported me all day long. So um, car- they were carrying food, water, extra clothes um, and morale. And I had like a King's chair, which when I got to them, like they had, the- they had one of those lounging chairs, which I just sort of sprawled in. Aww. So I got there and they-, they just woke up and I'm sorting my water out and I'm doing my feet. And they're like, how was, the first- how was the first six hours? I was like, I thought I was going to die. Um, I was like, um, there's no part not of that, from the
0: walking, in yeah. Not from the walking, from the, the robbers that you encountered in Middlesbrough.
1: Yeah, I was like, I'm going through Industrial Teesside where there is literally, um, you know, chemical lines going across me. And there's one, one bit that reminds me of Robocop, um, Clarence Bodica and all that sort of good stuff. And there was like, is that water dripping out of that pipe? Or is that some sort of like... Acid or some sort of like, and I thought to myself, now I don't want to test this, so I'm gonna just make you know. And I told them all the stories, and I was like, Yeah, I was like, I don't think I'm ever gonna go through industrial side again on foot. I said, I think I'm done. Um, so you know, you you laugh and you joke and you move on, and it's another part of the story that you tell on a podcast when you get asked to come on the podcast, so it, it's all funny, and then we got into it and and the hours are flying by. Like I'm I'm recording it. The hours are flying by, but I'd been doing sort of live videos every hour. And then at a point I was like, everything that you do takes energy and takes um, fuel out of the tank. And I was thinking, I'm not in a sprint today and I'm not even in a half marathon or a full marathon. I'm in a full on like, epic
0: Yeah, so yeah it's ultra marathon isn't it
1: you're doing i mean so i stopped doing i stopped doing the live videos and and i just sort of concentrated on like the task in hand and i was like i don't want to fail if i do fail, that's fine because there's nothing wrong with failure that's where growth comes from but i've set out to do this task it would be a great way to finish lockdown strong and so we, we sort of just got on with it um and I, and I did the task. I did like the event on the on a super hot day, so I was drinking lots of water, um, constantly eating um, the the isotonic lukaids, and I was very very cautious about the sun exposure, sunburn, um, you know, all of these things. And I would say I was really good until I got to about half five, six o'clock at night. I remember doing like the last sort of 10 minutes and I remember getting to like a rest stop and I sat in the chair and it just, I had, it just like something happened. Like I just felt my whole soul just leave my body. Like I think I'd done something like, I don't know. I want to say 85, 90,000 steps. Um, And I just remember sitting in the chair and like loads of people had shown up to support me. My partner had come after work to support me. Someone had brought me a fab. Do you know what a fab is?
0: Like
1: oh, uh, the ice, ice lolly? Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So someone had come to bring me a fab. Um, oh, stuff
0: like that just makes all the difference, doesn't it?
1: The little like details. Through
0: the, through the roof, then, right?
1: So I'm looking, thinking I've still got six hours left. Um, And I believe in my mind, I'd I'd sort of talked myself into it where I thought these six hours are going to be horrific. Like I'd convinced myself, like I wasn't looking forward to this back end six hours anyway, but now they're here and they're on top of me. I'd I'd had my, I'd had lots of food, good food. um, So I was fueled, hydrated and I I changed my socks and, and I got going and then something just like, just like that, just as a flick switched, I felt like I was the world's most unfittest man, just like instantly become the world's unfittest man. And I was like, what, what are we doing here? Like, at what point did we think this was going to be a good idea? And I just went into a place of like, just like an emotional wreck and my my, my girlfriend and a friend were behind me and I just started crying. Like, and I don't know why, but like full on emotionally just blaring my eyes out, like just sobbing away, feeling like really, really feeling like, um, you know, like when Bambi, when Bambi's mom dies, like, like that. Do you know oh, what I mean? No, all... That
0: is pure emotion. <laughs> That's like the saddest part of a film ever.
1: And, and I'm, and, I'm, and I must've been crying and I'm thinking don't cry because you're dehydrating yourself. Like, do you know what I mean? And I'm thinking, I ain't got, <laughs> I ain't got the tears to spare. Do you know, so I'm really, really Im- interesting.
0: It's really yeah. interesting that you say that about crying because it sounds like you've hit that wall, right? You've yeah. hit that physical wall where yeah. your body's like, "Fuck this, I'm out, right? Yeah. I'm done." You, I'm, you've pushed me, and I've, I've kept up with you, and we've done this, and like I've hit my wall, I'm done.
1: Yeah. And
0: I know that very often um we can. This might sound a little fluffy and whatever, <laughs> it's but okay. you can care like carry a lot of um, you know like we go through things day yeah, to day yeah, yeah. you know we're faced with different struggles and challenges and then obviously you're in the middle of a challenge but a lot of um your emotions can get just trapped and stored in your body like even if it's something little and you don't you think oh it's not that big a deal i just yeah, want yeah. to think about it you know whatever it doesn't disappear. Mm. It goes somewhere. Like it gets stored in the body as just energy. Yeah. yeah. You know, like in your cells, like just in the cells. And um, it's interesting that like, you can get to that point, like where you've hit your wall and all of a sudden your body's like, I need more energy. And it's yeah. like, well, fuck yeah. I've got all these like feelings I didn't deal with before. So let's just get those out. That'll help. <laughs> like, and like, I've seen it happen. And yeah. um, I've seen people like when I've trained them, People who haven't exercised for years and years and years, like mm-hmm. they haven't been to a gym for 10 years or whatever. And then you get them in a gym and you start training them and halfway through the session, they just start crying. Yeah. And it's not from the pain or cause it's hard. They've had all this emotion, like trapped in their joints and their yeah. muscles, like in their body. And then once they start moving them and they're having to push mentally past a point with their body and what they're doing, like, all this emotion gets released. I find stuff like that totally fascinating, and I would have thought, like, when you're that far in, you've only got six hours left. It's interesting that yeah. that's what hit you. So it must have just been hitting that wall. Yeah,
1: and I, I I'm, I, and I'm a bit like I'm. I'm not embarrassed to cry, but yeah. I've got like I've built this persona, this eagle persona, like I've built this like indestructible man persona, and here I am, marching the time away. And, and it's because it doesn't matter how fast I go. It's six hours. It don't matter how far, if someone had said to me, the end is in 20 K, I might've just ran it and thought it's going to be horrific, but I can get to that end and finish it. When, and I, and like, that was messing with my mind. I was like, it doesn't matter how fast I go now because I'll just go further. It's still six hours. Like, and it was really just tearing my, like, I don't know, like it was tearing me down and I was thinking to myself, I'm gonna look like a fucking idiot here. Like I'm and I'm in front of my partner and, 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 and a few other people and I don't want them to see me like 'cause I have I've lost it. Like I've completely lost it. Like they are pissing out of my eyes, like I am proper, you know, proper going for it. Um and we get to like a I messaged Tom, WhatsApp him and said, Look, I'm in I'm in shit state, mate. I need I need I need um I'd left my headphones uh, I'd left my headphones in, in the truck so I was like can you can you meet me here and I need my headphones so he turned up he gave me my headphones it wasn't like a rest stop he just gave me my headphones and I was like right Goggins <laughs> so um, I put Goggins on and it was like and I was listening to Goggins and I was just like fucking hell It's everything that he talks about um, he was right and I was just like fuck and I just went for it like picked up the pace um no more tears head down full like fucking eagle attack mode and I was just like I I went to a place where like there was nothing in my mind apart from fuck everything else doesn't matter that your feet hurt doesn't matter that you're hungry doesn't matter that you've been out now 18 hours I was just in that like full-on what the fuck you're gonna do now moment and He talks about um, always ten percent more, and like I was at that point where I thought I was done, but I can't have been because I went for like another five hours, like, and I had like an hour and a half of goggins on a podcast that finished, and I was just like, right, let's let's fucking zone it back in. Remember who the fuck you are and crack on. So it was just. Like I'm getting emotional about it now. Um oh, I, know. I can see,
0: I can see. <laughs>
1: I'm starting to feel a bit thingy about it, but it was like a transition of like um getting out of that comfort zone and going to a place where it's like, fuck, this is dark city and it's gonna take something special to complete it. And um I was chuffed when I finished, like really chuffed. And I think what it's doing to me now, like thinking about it back to it about just how fucking brutal it was. And that's when I, when I say to people about it's okay to um, be uncomfortable yeah, and it's okay to um, hurt because after that, like your mind changes to like, oh, what's possible? Um, and now it's really got me thinking what's, what, what is next? And I want people to go through what I went through because after that you've become a different animal. And it's only by suffering. Unfortunately, it's only by suffering and great tests that true true character, like comes out of the other side. Um, and I feel like that's what I achieved. Like, I feel like when I finished, I was done, completely done. There was the last hour I, f- I threw my toys out the pram. I was <laughs> short-tempered. Um, I couldn't even be bothered to like, if I stopped to go for a piss, like I wasn't even doing my trousers back up. Like. My socks, like I was just, <laughs> everything had just become, everything that we take for granted, like doing your laces had become like the hardest thing ever. Like, oh, yeah. what am I going to do? And it was just, it, and when we finished, like when, when it was done, I just laid down and I was like, I'm so physically exhausted, mentally exhausted that my, my friend Tom, when we drove back in the battle bus, he's got like all the speakers and the boom box and all that. And he had the music on loud and I just fell asleep. And like the most, you'll know you're exhausted when you can fall asleep with music blasting full and you sort of sleep weirdly in a chair. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's when you know, yeah. like I, I'm done. Um, so yeah, that, that was it. And then we finished, I finished on 120,000 steps. um, I think sort of Strava said we covered a hundred K Fitbit said we covered 58 miles. So somewhere in there is the truth. Um, but it wasn't about, it wasn't really about the distance or, or the steps. It was about that process. Do you know what I mean? Like what did you do over lockdown? Well, I stayed in every day and gobbed off on Karen and Facebook and had big, big d- dust ups. or I did something that really put me through the, through the ringer. Um, and, and as well, and it's nothing wrong with people doing stuff for charity. I personally chose not to do this for charity. I just chose to do it for me, for personal development of me. Um, I
0: love
1: that. And, and that's fine. Do you know what I mean? Like you, sometimes you don't need a. You are a great cause on your own without saying, I'm doing it for the NHS or I'm doing it for this. Like, Do it for yourself and go and learn something about yourself. That, I think to that. that makes sense.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think, I think very often, though, I might be wrong. My my guess is people pick a cause as their own motivation Mm -hmm. to go and actually get something done so that when they get into that darkness and that hard sticking point, that they can remember what they're doing it for. But I actually fucking love that the reason that you did it was for yourself. And when you got in that sticking point, it wasn't about raising money for cancer, raising money for charity, raising money for veterans, which you could have very easily done. And I'm not saying that any of those things are bad. I think they're great. And obviously without fundraising, you know, where would these charities be? And they help millions of people, but you can't help anyone else unless you're a whole fucking person yourself. So, you know, like I love that this was about pushing yourself, challenging yourself Figuring out what your limits are and learning how to bust through them yeah. um, and really finding out what you're capable of because exactly like you said, you know, if you live your life in a comfort, I know it all sounds super cheesy, you know, oh, like your greatest possibilities are outside <laughs> of your zone and all that. Like, and you know, as much as I love David Goggins, you know, sometimes I see some and I'm just like, it's so fucking cheesy, man. Like, just <laughs> go away. Like, just let me but it's true you know, the reason that those things are out there is because they're true. And I actually love that you did it for yourself. And in that moment, that darkness, it isn't the charity that is going to pull you through. Maybe you think it's the thought of having something to focus on that's going to drive you forward, but it's a conversation with yourself. It's about connecting with yourself and being like, no, we can fucking do this. You know, we can do this. And there's so many times like people, I do stuff all the time. Okay. I don't go and do like a 24 hour step challenge, but like <laughs> I went on lockdown and I did a course and I started a podcast and I did all these people are like, Oh, why are you doing that? Like, what's the course for, or what's the podcast? I'm like, it's for me. Yeah. Like, I want to know if I can do it. Like, I know I can help people, but can I do it? Like, can I put this together myself? Can I do it all my, on my own? Like, is it scary as shit? Yeah. Like when you hit record and yeah, yeah. you feel like you're going to be sick and you're trying <laughs> to read something and you can't see straight. Like, it's all just, um, challenging yourself and like, um, breaking through your own. I like, I've heard it described as breaking through your own glass ceiling. Like you're in a box. Like we put ourselves in a box. We live in these old stories that people have told Mm. us that this is all we're capable of. Our parents, our friends, our employers, you know, whatever the society, whatever it is, they tell you like you're this is the box that you fit in. Like, this is all you're capable of. You can't do any more than that because you're this kind of person or you're that kind of person. Yeah. And you start to believe it, but actually breaking through that glass ceiling and realizing that what you can do is fucking limitless. Yeah. I know what my strengths are. I know what my weaknesses are, but if I am brave enough to, honor my strengths and my gifts and really push for them and champion them myself and reach further. Like what I can achieve is limitless. What you've achieved is incredible, but I know you, you will have more in you. And then now, you know, that you can get to that point where, I mean, come on, it's lack of sleep right so like i mean just lack of sleep on its own as we know can be used as a torture technique and it messes with your mind anyway so to be able to like overcome that and just keep pushing through um it sounds like you almost went into that kind of like altered like meditative state where
1: you almost
0: become completely one
1: connected
0: Mm. to like just the world around you like you and the world are just like moving Mm. forward right it it,
1: it's um I always say to people you know people people don't back themselves anymore like um I I told this I told this yesterday I'll 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 tell it again today like um I used to know someone in the army um and it was like it was like his story where he would say to you he, he he used to eat bananas a lot right but he used to say to you where where did I get this banana from and you'd say or oh, the shop and he went wrong king kong and that was his mindset like and i loved it like it's funny it's like i love it like that's what get to <laughs> he takes him off king kong every day because he's that much of a bad motherfucker like and and i say to people like please back yourself because no one else will do it no one is gonna back you like stop it with all of this um whoa, it's me, carry on. And, oh, well, what it was, and I'll do it one day. And, like, people who live on Sunday Island, like, oh, just, just, you know, I'm not saying go and do what I did. That was my challenge. If your challenge is a 5K, then fucking go and run the 5K, like, and go and run it as fast as you can and fall over the line and throw your lungs out of your body. But for, but for God's sake, stop living in your comfort zones and stop yeah. thinking, like, when I get fit, when i get this when i'm this when i'm that, because guess what when you get to that fitness you think oh well if i get a little it never stops getting hard do you know what i mean just you just work at a different you just start working at this new levels fitness uncomfortable oh guess what it's not easy like when these olympic athletes do these crazy things that they do they don't finish and just go yeah it was really easy like they're exhausted because they push themselves like
0: In um, the fitness world, they call it progressive overload. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's like the terminology for it, you know, like that to be constantly progressing, you have to continuously overload yourself, but it needs to be done in like a slow controlled way Mm. to have continuous growth. Right. So it's like small, tiny challenges every day then can lead you to a really big one and then you can try something even harder you know and i i love what you were saying about people needing to back themselves yeah. i think there's this huge misconception in society today that if you believe in yourself you're arrogant yeah you're conceited and self-centered big headed i remember actually saying so, like <laughs> i can remember people asking me i've gotten jobs off the back of the fact because someone's asked me something and i'm like well yeah i I can do that and they're like how do you know i'm like because i can do fucking anything (laughs) you know they've been like and i've gone into some places and had that mentality and then be like oh well she's a bitch yeah or i've gone into other places and they've been like fucking love that you belong here you know and the reality of it is that if you don't believe in yourself who the fuck else is going to believe in you yeah. if i like i remember you'd say i talk to you about doing the podcast i was on your podcast yeah yeah and then yeah you're like you kept texting me when's this podcast coming out when's this podcast coming out and i was like well when i get the artwork and then i get the kit and you were like you're not the fucking bbc just do the podcast and get it out like stop fucking around and And it made me laugh and it was so true. And I just thought, you know what, you're right. But then it's funny because I've had other people tell me other things, you know, oh, don't do it unless you've got a studio to record in and it's all gonna be perfect. And listen, I spent my life living in perfectionism. It held me back from achieving so many things because I was afraid that people would judge me if it didn't look perfect, sound perfect. Um, work perfectly, you know. I, I, oh, I really did struggle with it when I was younger. And it, perfectionism is um, a debilitation. It's a 100%. disability, right? Hundred percent. It's taken so much um, of just learning to accept myself exactly where I am, exactly who I am, and not giving a shit what anybody else thinks. Um, now I can put stuff out that's more raw and authentic because. I'm a fucking human being and I'm not perfect and nothing I say or do is ever going to be perfect. Maybe I might say something perfect for someone like for them that that was what they needed to hear. But I might've said it in my head completely imperfectly and it didn't make any sense. You just don't know what's going to hit with people. And I just, if we can get anything across to anybody like fucking back yourself, believe in yourself, break through that, Last ceiling like my friend sam said in the uh, in episode two he was like his when he was in the depths of depression his dad turned around to him and said nobody's coming to help
1: you yeah i love that
0: you have to help yourself yeah and i see so many people living in this victim m- mentality thinking that the world owes them something thinking that you know coronavirus was put on the planet to fucking ruin their life like never mind the fact that millions of people are dying yeah. that now the world's turned to shit in a fucking ham basket overnight yeah. like but yeah i mean coronavirus was put here to ruin your life you it's, know like, um, that's like self importance on a whole fucking other level like i'm sorry i'm totally ranting nah, now, let's go but like it. people <laughs> but people think that having your own back right? Mm. And believing in yourself and going into things and challenging yourself and being positive and not being afraid of failing. They think that's conceited and self-centered and selfish and that you're arrogant. Well, I would like to flip that round and go people that actually live in a victim mindset, thinking that the entire world revolves around Mm. their whole life and that everything that goes on on the planet and every person in it has a personal vendetta out against mm-hmm. them to make their, surely that's far more conceited and self-centered and arrogant.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's, it's uh, I don't understand. I don't understand that. I understand how people get there because I feel like a few years ago after I left the forces, I, I certainly had a bit of a chip on my shoulder in regarding like the fucking world owes me a favor. And then guess what? Um, I quickly found out that it owes me nothing. Um, but if I want it, it's all there. Um, it's the greatest time to be alive. We, we, we have these things called smartphones where I can reach out to anyone in the world and DM them and say, look, I'm the fucking, I'm the shit. Can I have, you know, can I have this and can I have that? And, um, and, and sort of go like touching on the Fitbit thing. I, I Fitbit need to take me on as an ambassador because I am, I am the fucking King Kong. I am the Eagle at Fitbit. Like they say, step te- king. yeah, they, like, I am like, I want a crown that says the step king. Like I want my own fucking theme music. I want a WWF style entrance. Like I want, <laughs> no, <laughs> but I, I've seen it in my mind, me running events for Fitbit because like, and I, I, like, I want, I want to help people say, look, counting steps. If it helps you get fitter, and it helps you move on to other things and become better and start moving around with people who are, who are going in the right direction, then surely to fucking God, that is better than sitting around in your underpants, eating cheetos, blaming everybody else for why you aren't where you want to be. And I,
0: mean, I do like eating cheetos in my underwear <laughs> That's not a bad thing. I mean, no, we're not dogging on that, but yeah. Okay. Definitely though, without the blame and the victimization. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And sort of, um, and like run, run really well organized events with people. And, and a lot of people will say, oh, um, you know, I can't do X amount of steps in a day. You can, if it's a structured delivered day, you can, like you can, I went from doing 10,000 in a day to 120,000. It didn't happen overnight. No, but it's happened in the three year period. And, Again, it's about unlocking these things in your mind that says, well, I've done 50,000 now. Is 100,000 possible? Because at 10, I didn't think 50 was doable. But actually, now I'm at 50, is 100 doable? For train a bit harder, maybe I'll get a PT. Maybe I'll download my fitness pal and I'll track some of my food. I'll, stop, um, I'll cut out the full-fat coke and I'll go on the diet coke or I'll drink more water. And it all leads to branching off into more positivity and then like – I started going to a CrossFit gym and I really like CrossFit or I've started doing yoga and I really love yoga and I met Linda and da, 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 da. And all of a sudden this whole life that you used to have of going out on the session all the time um, and getting lashed up and, and the whole, I'll start Monday, carry on. Um, it's completely gone and you're in this new mindset and you're thinking, oh, yeah, I'm doing this race and I've got this and then we're going to that and then I'm listening to this podcast and I'll do this. And all of a sudden, there's people that you used to know. You know, you don't know them anymore because you don't have nothing in common with them anymore. And, and 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 I always say to people, post something positive, see who comments and likes on it and then post something negative and see who comments on it. And it ain't the same people. It ain't the same people. And the people yeah. who go wild on the negative, call, cool, call, cool. see ya, Bye. Because, try
0: not to post negatives.
1: Yeah, I know. And, and the examples that I say to people is, I remember a, a girl, she, she came this year and she, we did a fear workshop, where we, we we jumped off a really high platform. They they didn't know they were going to jump off the high platform, but they did it for personal development. That thing of stepping off the edge and trusting that you can do stuff.
0: Yeah,
1: and I'll then that. they sort of posted that they've done this and people were like, oh, oh, oh babe, I would never do that. You shouldn't do things like that. Oh my God. Um, you you're crazy. And it's like, see those people there? Yeah. Gone. Mm-hmm.
0: Listen, I, I actually, I haven't even said this out loud to anyone because one of my um best friends popped around the other day, um, because we needed some work done. And, um, you know, like, I, I have worked really hard on building uh, my family and friendship circle to be full of yeah. positive, wonderful, loving, supportive people, and I try and be that for them. You know, it's a it. I'm really happy with my group of people, but it really shocked me because they walked in and they were like, "Oh God, you need to eat something. You look so scared. Like, when you need to put some weight on." And, da, da, da. I'm like, and i and I was like, I weigh the same amount that I. have wait for the last like five yeah. years i don't know like what you're talking about and uh, and i and then like 10 minutes later it was like i mean seriously like when are you gonna start eating like just uh, just so that people are aware like i eat more than most men i eat like I eat really well. I eat quite healthy. I can also sit down and smash a Chinese like nobody's business. Like and, chi- and I, Cheetos. <laughs> oh, Cheetos for sure. Like I can't even start with the crisps because as soon as I start eating crisps, game over, man. Yeah. Game over. Uh, last podcast we did, I annihilated an entire huge bag of crisps and had a bunch of gin. Like I can't. The reality of it is that I can't. Like I will eat, I can eat absolutely loads, but I'm also just naturally quite tall and slim and that's just my build. And I'm also very active Active, and I've spent my whole life at a certain level of leanness and fitness, which means that my body, like for me to get fat, I can probably eat 10 times. I would have to eat 10 times more than like the average person, just because my body is so used to functioning at a certain level and being a certain um weight and uh a certain body composition of fat yeah, yeah, and, and, and muscle mass, right? Yeah. So and I, and then when they left, I remember like I didn't think too much of it at the time. And then when they left, I just thought, now what if I was really overweight and that had been like, you're so fat, like you really need to lose some weight. But it's the same thing. Like I have people yeah. telling me who love me, who are like very close to me and they're like, you just look too skinny like but I didn't ask for your opinion. Like, I love you. I yeah. absolutely love you. And I know you love me, but I don't need your judgment today. So yeah. why don't you just take that away with you somewhere else? Like distance <sighs> that, like, I don't need, I don't judge other people. I definitely would never go online and say anything harsh to anybody or mm. negative. Like, I don't know. I found the whole thing a little strange. Yeah, no, it's, it,
1: it, it can, it can, it can be, um, it can be a, a sort of weird experience and, and sort of the, the online stuff. I'm always wary about people who, when they see something amazing, they comment negatively about it. And I always think, I wonder what's, I feel sorry for them because they're missing, they're missing something within their own life to say, you know, I, I had, um, so I obviously I, I'm in like a, a Fitbit forum group and, I posted in there, like, yeah, look, I've just done this. And everyone was like, unbelievable, 120,000 steps. And everyone was like, super, like, you know, that's the thing. Like, they love steps. So it's like, wow, amazing. And then one guy was like, no chance, you didn't do it, you're lying. And I was like, like, but that's coming from a place <laughs> where instead of seeing it and saying, instead of being okay and saying, wow, that's an amazing effort, dude, well done. I've got to attack you because I'm, I'm missing something.
0: I'm insecure. And I don't ha- know if I could do that. It's not possible. Yeah. That's his and, own yeah, glass ceiling, though. That's his it, own glass ceiling.
1: It's it's his, it's his own glass ceiling, sort of thing. And, like, you've got to sort of look at people and go, oh, I wonder what's going on in their life. And, and, like, I just, I never feed the troll. Do you know what I mean? No, the I mean troll no. under the bridge is, is he, he needs you to shout back at him so he gets bigger and stronger. Like, if you just ignore it or, or block him or whatever you want to do.
0: I've learned that block is. Block delete is the number one like tool for dealing with anything like that. I never engage in negativity like that ever. It's just not worth it uh, for me personally. Yeah, I Um, I I I I I totally agree with you. Again, I think exactly like what you just said then, for me, the best way of dealing with any kind of negativity like that is compassion because if Mm -hmm. somebody's in a place where they feel like they have to try and tear somebody down to make them feel better. Mm-hmm. I do wonder like what's led them to be that way. You know, I've been through some real fucking dark shit in my life. Yeah. I've been tr- I've been through some real horrible stuff that some people never ever survive. Yeah. Um but there is a one part of me that feels called to go out and be mean and negative towards people. You know, maybe when I was in my t- early 20s or what I was probably a little bit more snarky. And I might like, be more inclined to have a bit of a an argument with someone. I'm really glad we didn't have social media so much back then, because I don't know what I would have been like at that time. But it's just not in me. Empathy, compassion, that's always the way for me forward. And if anyone has anything negative to say, again, they have the right to their own opinion. I actually don't believe it's an opinion, though. I believe it's a conditioned response yeah. to their own trauma. So I just find it like the compassionate side of myself and you know, just with them well and, and on their way block. I don't need that negativity yeah, and, around me.
1: And 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 I've learned it, um I've learned that from from listening to a lot of um Gary Vernichuk um of how how he gets it. Um and all I ever see from that guy is give, 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 give and give. And I'm like, if a guy at his level can get this much hatred, and all he ever does is give, and he never asks for a dollar, um, I think well, we're we're all gonna get it. And then, but we all need to learn to to deal with it in the way he deals with it in in that way of you're talking about, of compassion and like, what what's that? What's wrong with that person? Um, and and I and I said it to you before we recorded. No one's as gangster uh offline as they are online um you know everyone's a bit everyone's always bit I know, well-tasty. but then I
0: said yeah, I feel like are. I'm more gangster <laughs> offline I yeah. go online with my like zen like yeah. and then that is who I am like that yeah. is how I am but then you kind of get me offline or like even on my podcast we had this conversation last I had my sister on the podcast last week yeah And the reason that I had my sister on for this lockdown special and our friend Leanne was because when we have conversations, it's it's super feisty, right? And we do this whole podcast and it gets to the end and I press stop and it kicks off, right? (laughs) It like kicks off. And Leanne's like, I only went on this podcast because I wanted to see you two like get into it and you were all so well behaved. And I said (laughs) to my sister, I was like... I was like, what happened? Like, you didn't come at me with your opinions. Like you didn't, yeah. you didn't talk to me normally. She's like, well, it's your podcast. I didn't want to like hijack it and, and have it full of negativity.
1: Yeah. Right. Cause enough. she's
0: like, I would have just come at you with negativity and I know you wouldn't have wanted that. So, fair enough. um, and I appreciated that, but then at the same time, like I can handle negativity with positivity. Right. I mean, that's just the way it is, but
1: I mean, a lot, a lot of people say that they can, like, I I've, I take from others who are further along in their business journeys than I am um, about sort of um, handling constructive criticism. Now, criticism is criticism. If it's constructive or not, it's hard when it's your, if it's your baby, it's hard to take criticism. And, and one time I took criticism from someone through email and, like, looking back I could have I well definitely should have handled it better um but as a learning process you know I think I replied something like how many times you fought the Taliban like a very flipping stupid comment like (laughs) like
0: (laughs) was that like look it look it look it (laughs) yeah
1: yeah so like but that was a completely wrong way to approach it someone was trying to say look I think this and you know that I didn't have the right I was like are you calling my baby ugly, right? Have this, um, <laughs> and we all we all get like that. But like we you've do, got to, you've got to sort of learn a little bit, and yeah. Can I uh, just give some constructive criticism? Mm. Yeah. Well,
0: do you know what the funny thing is? The thing that's helped me with my experience working in business, I've been yeah. I've been like a complaints handler, like a complaints manager in places, wow. and. That I was telling you before, I had to go on conflict resolution training. Yeah, yeah. Right, but the conflict resolution training was in relation to being a complaints manager because the reality of it is, is that when someone's coming to you and they are criticizing everything that you're doing, mm-hmm. even though everything you did was with them in mind and their best interests at heart, if they don't feel that way, they all they want is to be heard like in that moment and i've had to it it was it's been a very good lesson for me in my life to learn to not take things personally yeah to really listen to understand where the other person's coming from to learn how to read between the lines of the um very often, if, if, if somebody's saying something or writing something, if you can yeah. read between the lines or listen to what the actual problem is underlying underneath that, they might turn around and go, you're the biggest piece of shit. I hate you. Everything you did was awful. And then you'll just hear them say, because I was in there and they didn't hear what I was saying.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Right? So all the bravado and all the name calling and all the other stuff, actually, when you peel it right back, it's usually because the person either doesn't feel heard, they don't feel validated, they don't feel valued, they don't feel important, they don't feel special, Mm. um, and all of those. And usually, if you can peel it back and look at where it's actually coming from, then you can like deal with it and not take it so personally. But that's really difficult to do when you're emotionally invested and attached to something. And so for me, I very often have to take a big step back and it can take me a day or two to like yeah
1: i've changed the way i handle complaints from from ready shoot in to read relax and reply
0: Yeah, that's the three hours
1: yeah the three the the, the three that's the new policy that i've got because before i was just like fire
0: (laughs) well if you don't like it fuck yourself
1: yeah that's yeah i mean
0: we would all love to be able to say that and i actually do have a friend who has a business who takes that approach but i don't it's not great customer like care yeah well
1: yeah fair enough (laughs) (laughs) um
0: i do you know what john i feel like we've like only covered the tip of the iceberg i feel like we've been very restrained in the fact that we haven't gone into like a million and one yeah. other things and, and maybe that's okay for today yeah. because it gives us somewhere else to go with it but awesome um i think on a little like side note i do just want you know we've recorded this at a time in the world where things seem to be just going absolutely crazy absolutely horrific actually yeah. um, i'm finding it really heartbreaking and we've talked a lot about compassion um, yep. and self-belief and things. And, and I do feel like at the moment, there's a lot of compassion that's lacking across the world on definitely. all sides, Yeah, definitely. on both sides. And, you know, if we can leave people with anything, it's just, you know, find some compassion, deal with your, deal with your humans that and just a little bit of love, kindness and compassion today and mm. tomorrow and the next day, like that's what we need right now. Um, there's enough hatred being spewed and I know people are really, really struggling with it. I know I've, I've really struggled. I feel a real heaviness yeah. kind of in my heart. So um, that being said, what is your next challenge? And if people want to get involved, how do they get it how
1: do they do that? Um, so the next challenge is operating uh, an events based people business in the world of COVID nineteen. So the the next challenge is is getting people to trust that coming back out is the right thing to do. And um being out in the fresh air and exercising in the mountains or the lakes or the dales or wherever is is a great move for mind, body and soul. Um, Mm -hmm. I've spoken to a lot of people who come out of me already and, you know, they've told me where they are, where they're at personally with the whole situation. And I respect everyone's right to be an individual. Um, some people are saying to me, fuck COVID. I need to go out, John. Um, so let's, let's, if you're willing to, if you're going, I'm coming with, um, so the next, the next challenge is I'm going to do, um, uh, something locally to me which is just going to be a nice sort of steady 15k um sort of bimble um and that's just to sort of get people back into it you know a lot of people don't want to fly into a super big challenge they they want to sort of have something under the belt but the next big thing is is um the fantastic four which is the greatest doubt in the Lake District you can have. Um, and it currently has a hundred percent failure rate and no one's ever completed <laughs> it. Jeez. Yeah. No one's ever completed it, but uh, me and a friend of mine called Dan Ward, when we did the recce two years ago and from my Instagram, which you have seen, it's the four most iconic Lake District scrambles in a day um, in 15 hours. So it's um, Jack's rake, best effort, sharp edge best effort um, stride and stride edge through edge, best effort taking in absolutely fantastic mountain summits and transit in the lake district um and i've already got people really really interested into that i'm gonna to have to sort of slightly tailor it um and i need a few restrictions to change because i have to transport people around the lake so we need some sort of change on um transport really uh but and that, the 100,000 step challenge is up in September. I feel like by September we'll be in a very different place in regards mm. to restrictions. Um, and, th- and there's just loads and loads of individual challenges coming up um, for people to get involved with. So if you want to get involved, it's um, all the Ws at robusttours.co.uk, Instagram, robusttours. Uh, LinkedIn, very active on LinkedIn, love LinkedIn. Um, and it's just John Beamson on LinkedIn.
0: Amazing. So I know we were just saying we shouldn't ever be like, oh, well, I'll do this when... Da, 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 da. <laughs> um, I definitely need to get involved in one of these uh, robust tours and adventures. Yeah, definitely. Um, I will do that when. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually have to go have hip injections yeah. now. I've yeah, in, got steroid injections in my hips. So uh, once it. I've had that and uh, I, I can... Get some free movement again. I've I've been struggling to even walk really. Yeah, no, it's fair enough. Um, so, uh, that's been my my excuse. But um, no, yeah, I'm gonna no go excuse, and get yeah. these uh injections done and get myself moving again. And then I'm hopping on one of these adventures. Yes.
1: I'm, um.
0: Maybe not the like four peaks one and the 24 hour one. Like <laughs> to start. Yeah, I'm this, all the for the 15k bumble yeah. can definitely do the 15k <laughs> bumble. That's like. But then that's not really challenging myself. But if I did that first, then I could definitely challenge Yeah.
1: Um, the challenge at the moment is having the trust and the confidence to come out in this world. That's the challenge at the moment. Um, and being maybe close to people who, who you don't know um, yeah. and trusting that you've got an immune system like a gorilla because you look after yourself and you, you eat right and you sleep well and you, and you exercise regular and you've got good hygiene standards. That's, that's the challenge at the moment, I feel.
0: No, yeah, definitely. I completely get that. I do believe that the steroid injections suppress your immune system slightly. So well, yeah, that will be okay. something I'll have to take. That's the reason I haven't had it done yet. They weren't doing them for that exact reason because it was uh, an unnecessary risk. With risk, yeah. No, so, it's... Um, I'll probably have to spend a couple of weeks just eating really well and getting a lot of sleep and, and making sure that I've got myself at a place, again, like you said, where I feel safe and then I can get. Yeah, myself that's it. Out. But I think from now, for now, Anyone listening, I think it's time to do a big uh, Fitbit push. We need John for Fitbit Ambassador. <laughs> yeah. um, if you need any help running those Fitbit events, you know where I am. Hit me yeah. up, John. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Sounds like
0: fun. Sounds like, I don't even own a Fitbit. I mean, i well, put that out there.
1: No, no, someone will buy you one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Um, I'd like a black one, please. No, I'm kidding.
1: I'm kidding the new charge 4 i'm reading well i I just did a blog i just reviewed a load of fitbits and the new charge four is brilliant
0: oh yeah your blog as well you've got so much going on uh, okay i just want to thank you for being on on, and thank you everybody for joining us and listening today um if you can please leave a five-star review that would be amazing. It just helps us get the podcast into more people's ears. Uh, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe. And awesome. it, until next time.
1: Thanks very much, man. It's been a pleasure talking to you.
0: You too, John. Take Thanks. care.
1: Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye. Bye.